Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. If you could please open up to Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Title of the message this morning, Kingdom Consequences. Kingdom Consequences. I want to make sure we understand. I I know so often we we talk about, you know, and I, I love to talk about as pastors, we love to talk about, you know, the peace of God that comes when you're a Christian, the joy of the Lord that we have, and all the wonderful benefits of being a Christian. But, you know, not so often do we talk about the consequences of being a Christian. Uh, There are consequences. And, and, you know, when we're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will experience that. And I think it's healthy for the church to know, for us as believers to realize there are consequences. You're going to receive rejection from some people for being a Christian because of your faith. There's going to be persecution because of your faith in Jesus Christ. There'll be spiritual attacks, and I hope we're all aware of that. There's warfare and battles that take place because you're a Christian. You'll have hatred. People will hate you because you're a Christian. You'll be mocked sometimes. You'll be ridiculed sometimes. You you know, things will take place. You, You might not get a job promotion because of your faith in Jesus Christ. There's consequences. And for some, that they might even experience death as we see in the Middle East, as we see, you know, people being beheaded because they're Christians. So there's consequences. But I also want to point out, before we get into our text, on the other hand, there's even greater consequences for those that do not follow Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Do we realize that? That there's even more consequence. And I I believe most of us understand that. We know that. But I think it's healthy for us to realize that in the day that we live in. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So let's take a look. Luke chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 49 to the end of 59. So let's, let's take a look. Luke 12, verse 49. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said, I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Then he, Jesus, also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? Yes, and why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go to, to your avers- or with your adversaries to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you into, into the judge or to the judge and judge The judge delivers you to another, and the officer throw you into prison. Verse 59, last verse. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last might. We've been looking at Jesus, his last year on the earth, his last year of ministry. 
We've been looking at that he was making his way to Jerusalem, making his way to the cross. And, you know, I, I love to picture what's going on. And, and in the midst, he's, he's in the midst of a huge multitude of people. He's got adversaries there, those that dislike him. He has those that, that love him. His disciples are next to him. The people are pushing each other down and trampling each other to get close to Jesus. So there's a picture that we've been looking at of Jesus in the midst of this huge crowd. And if you recall, he, he would instruct his disciples, but then he would turn and talk to the multitude. And he was going back and forth. And now he, he's still talking to his disciples. And if you recall, he was warning them of covetousness and greed, telling them not to be greedy. He was warning them of, of you know, being fearful and being worried, saying, why are you worried? You know, what, you have nothing to worry about. Why be fearful? It's your father's good pleasure to give you everything, the kingdom. Remember that? And last week, as we looked at, he was talking about the rapture of the church and how that he was going to come back, and he's going to, you know, return to the earth. He's going to, you know, take believers uh, out of the earth. And we looked at that, how we were to be working, watching, and waiting for his return. And I'll tell you what, I love talking about the rapture, don't you? Being snatched up, caught up together with the Lord in the cloud. And we looked at that last week. I wanted to camp out there for like 10 years, if I could. I love it. But now he starts off talking about the judgment to come and the cross, and if you take note, I, my question is, have you escaped the judgment to come by going to the cross of Jesus Christ? And that's pretty simple. I believe most of people in here, you're probably believers, and you said, yeah, I've done that. But I want to make sure, you know, the only way to escape the judgment to come is by the cross of Jesus Christ. We all know that, right? Okay. And without the cross, you don't escape. God has provided one way of escape, and it's through the cross of Jesus Christ. And we see that here in our text. So look again with me in verse 49. He says, I've come to send fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it's accomplished. Fire, I believe, speaks of judgment. He has a, a you know, judgment to bring upon the earth. Uh, some say that, you know, they believe that this might be the fire of the Holy Spirit. I don't think it fits. It's not in context. I don't think it, he's at this point, he's talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit, although there is the fire of the Holy Spirit at, at Pentecost. They had, remember that? They had tongues of fire. And, you know, so, I, you know, it doesn't fit, though. I, I believe in context here, he's talking about judgment to come. So he's saying, I've come to bring judgment, but there's a baptism I have to, to experience first. And the baptism, I believe, is the cross. So Jesus is saying, judgment's going to come. I've come to bring judgment, to judge the world. But first, I'm going to be baptized with the cross. I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to take your judgment for you. Isn't that awesome? When you stop and think about the fact that Jesus Christ took our penalty upon himself at the cross. I, I never tire of thinking of that. I never tire of speaking about that. I, I never tire of, of uh, contemplating that reality that Jesus Christ, he died in our place. The wages of sin is, but the gift of God is through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, separation from God for all eternity, a place of, of, of torment. The wages of sin were to die, but, but, but the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's given us all eternal life. And we don't have to go to the judgment seat. We don't have to go to the white throne judgment. We can escape it. Isn't that awesome? We just recently, you know, painted the back wall. I don't know how long ago that was, but we painted the back wall, did some changes in the sanctuary and all, and 
when they painted the, the fire sprinkler heads, just so happened the, the fire inspector guys were here, the fire sprinkler you know, inspectors were here, and you know, our guys were painting, and they, you know, we got paint on the, fi- the sprinkler heads, right? So they reported it to the, the management. The management called us, says, we got to make an appointment. We have to send someone out there. You got paint on these things. We got to replace those sprinkler heads and da, 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 da. Well, we know that calculates to hundreds of dollars. And we weren't too happy about that. So we're thinking, no way, you know, we, did, we tried everything not to, you know, there's mercury thing there. We tried not to hit the mercury thing. You know, we tried to, you know, blah, blah, blah. We got it on just the head, the top of it, you know. And so we were looking on the computer. We were calling people and they said, you know, we're thinking maybe we get some solvent, you know, just take some solvent, wipe it off. No, we can't do that. So we're complaining. We're thinking, you know, this is crazy. You know, this is going to cost us money. Why did, you know, what did, why did we do this and this and that? And then you know, we're just kind of going to him in and hawn, you know. And I started thinking about this. And wait a second. What are the chances that the fire sprinkler guy would, you know, be here, the inspector would be here when we're the first time we've ever done anything like that? And it's just like a divine appointment, right? Not a good appointment, but just like an appointment. And I'm thinking, what are the chances? And I'm trying to calculate that just so happens. This happens. We've never done it before, and they happen to be here just at the right time. So the Lord just flooded me with peace. You know, I, th- I told, you know, I was talking with Chad. He was calling, you know, setting up the appointment. I says, Chad, you know, you know what? Let's just realize this is sent from God. You know, we, we did our best. We made a mistake. You know, we, you know, we pay the price. It's okay. I get a peace about it. Something, you know, God's going to have a divine appointment set up. Well, the fire sprinkler guys come out just the other day. And one of the workers, you know, he's all like, he says, wow, he says, you've got a really nice church here. This is awesome. What a place to worship. And I says, oh, yeah, I go, you know, do you go to church? He says, well, I'm really, my wife and I are soul searching. <laughs> Don't tell a pastor that. <laughs> I go, really? You're soul searching? I says, well, did you ever hear Jesus? He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I said, God's seeking you out. And I was on full, you know, preacher mode, man. I might as well just set up the pulpit, you know. I was just like, and Jesus said, and these two guys are just listening to me, and I'm going off, and I just feel the presence of the Lord. It felt like just a sanctuary out in the parking lot. It was just this, this God's presence was just boom, boom, boom. And I'm, you know, I'm just quoting scripture, loving them, and this. And would you ever think of this? Do you ever think of that? You know. And I'm thinking, man, these guys got to go to work. I better slow down, you know. And they, okay, just I go, guys, you know, I'm a preacher. I can go on forever. And the one kid that, you know, named Sean, he says, no, I really want to hear. He says, thank you for sharing that. And I says, well, yeah, awesome. Anything you want to know, just let me know. And, you know, you guys got to go to work, you know. So they, they started doing their work. And I'm just praying. I, we had a, actually had a prayer meeting at the time. So I asked the ladies. The ladies were back there praying. I said, pray for Sean and pray for the other guy. You know, his name's George. And pray for these guys. You know, they, I believe the Lord's doing a, a special work in their midst. So they're interceding, they're praying, you know, and I'm just like chomping at the bit. I'm like, Lord, open the door. Lord, open the door. I need to talk to these guys. Please let me talk to these guys. I want to talk to these guys. Let me talk to them. I need to say something. So they're getting ready to leave. They're getting ready to pack up, you know, and I just said, oh, Lord, please give me one more chance, you know, whatever I could say, you know, so I just want to make myself available. So I started talking, and as I'm sharing, the the young man, just tears are just dripping down, hitting his his shoulder, you know, and just dripping down and down. I'm like, praise the Lord. And then he says, you know what? I'm really lost. And I says, well, (laughs) Jesus is seeking you out. Do you want to pray to receive Christ? 
And he bowed his head right there in the parking lot, and he just starts sobbing like a little, like a young baby, just like, and he's just, just crying. He says, yes, I need the Lord. And he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Can we give that a, give him a hand? It was a divine appointment. And this young man, keep him in your prayers. But this young man, I believe, he escaped the judgment to come because of Jesus Christ. Hopefully most of us realize after the rapture of the church, and I believe it's in context, it's talking about judgment here, but after the rapture of the church, we'll be caught up together with the Lord in the cloud. There's going to be seven years of tribulation on the earth. Seven years. And, and, you know, it's God's wrath, God's judgment poured out on a Christ-rejected world. And it's going to last for seven years. Devastation is going to take place. You know, some people think that we're living in the time of tribulation right now. We're not. This is not the time. Of, you know, sometimes you, you look at ISIS, you look at all that's going on around the world and all the, the you know, this, this barbaric stuff, the chopping off of heads. You think that maybe this is, you know, the time of tribulation. It's not. There, this is, I believe this is just a little taste of what's going to come. And don't make a mistake here. The, the tribulation, the time of tribulation, it, it makes it very clear in the scripture. It's when God pours out his wrath. It's the wrath of God poured out on the world. And I believe that the church has to be gone during that, that time. The bride of Christ, us. Because I believe, and I believe this, you know, why would Jesus save us and, be, and we become his bride? Why would he save his bride, take, you know, gather up his bride, and then beat us up? Pour out wrath on us. It doesn't make sense. We'll experience persecution from the world. We'll experience, you know, uh, attacks from the enemy and, and spiritual attacks. And I believe that's what's going on right now. But this is not the time of tribulation right now. But there will be seven years, and it's going to be the, a worldwide judgment on this earth. But also there's personal judgment for every person that does not receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it's an appointed for men once to die once, but after this, the judgment. But the good news is you can escape that judgment, as you very well know, through the cross of Jesus Christ. Let me just give you some scripture that I love to love you to take note of if you take note. 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was manifest towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and listen to this, and sent his, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation means an appeasement, an appeasing, or it means to, to, a, a satis, to satisfy a demand. That's what Jesus did. He satisfied the demand for punishment and judgment. Jesus satisfied it. One more. Paul the Apostle writes in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, talking to the church there, he says, I know that you've turned from your idols to serve the true and living God and that you're waiting, check this out, it says you're waiting for his son from heaven, right? Then he says, whom he, God, raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So we're not going to experience the time of tribulation. Jesus Christ delivers us from the wrath to come. Another awesome story. Pastor Shane, he's been teaching a Bible study off campus. He's been doing it for some time. And he, he comes back quite often, you know, with praise reports, you know, what the Lord's doing and different people, you know, getting touched and people getting saved and all. And, and he shared this last Thursday as he was out. He said he went to, you know, 
there's a, the guy, the, the, the security guard guy, you know, where they have that lift thing, the security guy for the parking lot and all. He said he, you know, he, he, he gave him a track a few weeks ago, and then he was gone for a few weeks. And then, so he saw the guy again. He says, hey, did you ever read that track that I gave you? And the guy says, yeah, by the way, I read the track. And he says, my friend's a Christian. I've been going to church with him lately. He's like, no way. And he says, well, and he starts sharing with him. He's, you know, it's about the gospel and everything. And, and then you know, the guy was real responsive. And he says, you know what? Next week, you know, I'll be here next week. I want to pray with you to receive the Lord. He says, okay. So the next week comes by and he's there. The next, this was this past Thursday. He goes inside this, you know, in his little booth there and he starts talking to him about the Lord's share. And he says, you want to pray to receive Christ? He goes, yeah, I want to pray to receive Christ. He prays to receive Christ, right? Check this out. He tells Shane, he says, you know why I was gone for a few weeks? He said, I tried to commit suicide. He says, I even went, I flatlined. I almost died. He said, I'm so happy that you're sharing this with me. And he realizes that he's escaped the judgment to come. He realizes the fact that, that God saved him and he's born again. Folks, we need to let people know there's, they can say, <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know we, most of us in this room, we know this, but we need to allow people to know. We need to do our best. And I know that I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir. I believe Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. I believe the rapture of the church, hopefully, and I'm praying, and that's my personal conviction, that he's coming very soon. And there's people all around us that need to know that they can settle out of court. They don't have to experience a judgment to come. We found the way out. We found the Lord Jesus Christ, most of us in this room. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage us. We need to share the good news of Jesus Christ because there's only one way out. The last two verses in this 58 and 59, basically Jesus says, settle out of court. And people that get in trouble and they, they make mistakes and they, they know that they're going to have to go to court, they'll do anything they can to, to escape prison, won't they? They'll hire attorneys. They'll do whatever it takes so they don't have to go to prison. In those last two verses, Jesus says, you know, when you have to go to court, settle out of court. Do whatever you can to settle out of court. And I believe he's talking about, you know, with, with man, we can settle out of court. There's a judgment to come. And if we discern the times, it can happen at any time. The rapture of the church can happen at any time. And people need to know the truth. Second point I'd like to make, speaking of kingdom consequences. If you're taking note, the next point. When you become a true follower of Jesus Christ, as I brought up earlier, you will experience rejection, opposition, and conflict by those that are not believers, even within your own household. Look at verse 51 again. Do you suppose that I came to bring peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It's true, God gives us peace. You know, some people think, well, that's a contradiction. Doesn't Jesus give you peace? Yeah, there's plenty of scriptures you can look at that, that tell us for the believer. You know, when we trust in the Lord, we have peace. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. But in this world, we'll have conflicts conflict and rejection and opposition and division with those that don't know the Lord. 
And I believe it's very healthy for us to realize that. Or we're not to be surprised when this happens. We're not to be surprised when there's, you know, there's conflict and there's opposition. You know? So, you know, the best thing I believe for us as believers to do is to expect it. It's like, oh, yeah, this, this, we're supposed to have that. that that's supposed to happen. We're spo- supposed to have conflict with those that don't know the Lord. There's a spiritual battle. There's, you know, we're light, and we're in a dark world, and, and people don't like. What, what happens when, you know, when you're in bed and you, the, the lights are out? Someone comes in the room and just hits the lights on. What happens? You're like, whoa, turn off the lights. And in many cases, that's what happens with us. We're, we're light in the world, and the people that are in, in darkness and they're in sin, you know, they, they, they can't handle the brightness. I remember my own father, my dad, kicking me out of the house, telling me, get out. He says, your God's not my God. Get out of my house. And there was separation for a long time. I would call him up, and he'd say, yeah, what? Then he wouldn't take my calls, wouldn't return my calls. Didn't want to talk to me whatsoever. And I can stand here before you and tell you, it wasn't that I was being obnoxious. It wasn't I was trying to cram the, the, the Bible down. It had nothing to do with it. It was totally spiritual. He didn't want light even close to him. It was so awesome because one day I had to call him because I met that beautiful lady right there. <laughs> I said, Dad, I'm getting married. I want you to meet my bride to come, my, my bride to be. And it opened a wonderful door for me to reconnect with my dad. And it was so awesome because, you know, my wife would be able to share. Kathleen would share with her. I'd just sit back and smile. He, he, would, he would talk to her, and I'd just sit back, let her, let her do her thing. <laughs> and as most of you know, about three weeks before my dad died, he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But there was conflict. I remember one time, right after receiving the Lord, way back 20 years ago. I remember walking into my office. I was a, a manager of, a, a general manager of a, a water meter company back in Michigan. I remember walking in. My, my eyes were just open to just everything looked different. I remember, you know, my employees are there. And I remember one of the employees I had, my top, one of my top producers, the Lord just, I looked at him, the Lord said, he's not on your side. I was like, wow, really? That's too bad. He's such a top producer, you know? <laughs> And sure enough, you know, he was, you know, you know, doing things, causing problems for the company, complaining and trying to, you know, create, you know, trying to get a rebellion started there and stuff. And it, and, but the Lord warned me, he's not on your side. There was conflict. I, I remember even, you know, one time he, he had a whole crew. He was on a crew. The whole crew were complaining. They were murmuring. They were, you know, to, I was ready to fire them all. I remember I was driving to, to the job site. I'm driving. I'm practicing when I'm going to say, you're fired. That's your fired. I'm like, like, I'm ready to just fire or just like driving down the street. And then I hit a, a patch of black ice on the highway going about 70 miles an hour. My car slid into the car next to me. And I'm like, I was, I looked at the car next to me. I was like, we're talking a dime. You could fit a dime between the two vehicles. I closed my eyes and said, Lord. And all of a sudden, my car was back on the road. And basically, the Lord said, do I have your attention now? <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, there's conflict, but I want you to represent me properly. Yeah, deal with them. Yeah, talk with them. But I love those guys. We're not to be the source of the conflict. Yeah, there'll be conflict. Yeah, we'll be hated. But we're not to be the source of it. Allow it to be spiritual. Don't, don't, you know, you're not the one that is to, to be the source of that, to cause those problems. Jesus said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, this is Jesus speaking, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep your words also. Verse 21, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. They do not know the Lord. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.